You're watching Single Process with Joe and Bob. We've created this video guide to help you navigate through the difficult world of divorce. We hope this helps you on your journey. Our episode today is on mediation. Oh, Bob, we one. both went round this. We both went round, and I, I think, you know, I entered into it from more of a financial decision, but had I really understood what it is in the process, I may have gone a different route, actually. Do you think so? I'm not sure, you know. But pros and cons. I, I overall thought it worked well for us. I did, however, at times wonder if my interests were being represented or if I was getting a fair deal. I don't know yep. if there is a fair deal, but I wasn't quite sure. I'm sure fair is probably a word you don't want to use in mediation or divorce in general. <laughs> well, we're thrilled to have Deb Noonan here with us today. Yeah, yeah. Deb Noonan is a former litigator who now works as a mediator and a collaborative attorney. She's a board member and a former president of the Connecticut Council for Non-Adversarial Divorce. And through mediation, Deb helps couples reach a mutually acceptable agreement while reducing the conflict and keeping children as the focus, which is ideal. Yes. Absolutely. Welcome, Deb. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you for inviting me. So start me. us off. Tell us about what mediation is. So mediation is a non-adversarial way of getting divorced. So in mediation, the clients, with the help of the mediator, actually create their own separation agreement based on their particular circumstances and without court intervention. And that's the most important piece. Do you have to get along with your with your future former spouse to go <laughs> future former spouse? <laughs> that works, that works. Yeah. You know, that's actually a great question because it's sort of one of the myths about mediation that mediation only works if both parties are, um, they get along, or there's no acrimony, or there's no conflict. And while those couples are very easy to work with. The bill is lower, right? The exactly, the bill is lower. <laughs> we'll go back to that. Right, I only have one glass of wine after the session yeah, instead of two. Um, while that, that's an ideal situation, that certainly is not the majority of the clients that I see. Really? Yes, most people, there is at least some kind of conflict. And sometimes I deal with clients who are very highly conflictual. It doesn't mean that they can't mediate. mediate. The, the thing that I always tell people is if, despite how you may feel about your spouse, despite the anger you may have, the bitterness, the sadness, despite all those feelings, if you can put those feelings aside mm -hmm. and look at each other and say, at the end of the day, I want us both to come out of this divorce with our dignity, with some, some sort of financial security, and that I want what's best for both of us. If you can feel that in your heart, truly mm -hmm. feel that in your heart, you can mediate. Okay, so Deb, you've got people who may not be agreeing, but you are translating what the other's saying and sort of acting as a... Mediator. Mediator. <laughs> right. Thank you, Communicator. Tell me what the process looks like. Tell me when they walk into your office, what happens. Okay, so the clients work with the mediator to address all the issues that need to be addressed in order to get divorced in Connecticut. Okay. So those issues range from a parenting plan, asset division, child support, alimony. Those are all the issues that the parties need to address and resolve. Okay. And the mediator's job is to help them walk through those issues. And we do that in several sessions over a period of several weeks. And the job of the mediator is to help them not only communicate so that they can have a productive conversation mm -hmm. about those issues, but also to help them option build. And by that, what I mean is oftentimes people come into mediation and they have very, very strong opinions about how 
a certain issue should be resolved. So the husband may come in and say, I want the house sold immediately. And the wife says, absolutely not. I want to keep the house until the youngest graduates from high school. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the mediator's yeah, yeah, yeah. And the mediator's job is to not necessarily get them to move away from those positions, but to maybe create other options that perhaps they haven't considered okay. because they've been so entrenched. I love that. They've been so entrenched in their respective positions that they haven't really considered. There may be a lot of creative solutions out there yeah. that address both of their needs that they haven't even considered because they've just been so wedded, no pun intended, to their own perspective. <laughs> not for long. So, you know, but what if what if one party's not really cooperating? They're not forthcoming with information. Maybe you feel like they're hiding financial records or because you're not both lawyering up, how do you know that everybody's playing their part? Right. So you don't, but you also don't know that if you're litigating, right? If someone wants to hide money or hide an asset or be, you know, um, not truthful, they're going to do that. But most people don't. Most okay. people are very forthcoming. And in okay. mediation, here's another myth about mediation, that in mediation, women especially do poorly because they aren't as financially savvy. I felt like that. And I, I think it's just because I didn't feel like any one person was representing my interests is maybe right. the way to say it. Right. Well, let's talk about that because I know some people engage review counsel or someone to maybe yes. know, counsel them yeah, separately. What is review counsel? So review counsel in mediation, even though I am a family law attorney, my job is not to represent either party. My job is not to be an advocate for either party. My job is to facilitate the communication, option build, and help them arrive at a mutually acceptable agreement. I can certainly explain the law to the parties. Mm -hmm. If they want me to, I can opine on how the law would apply to a certain set of facts, but I can't give you individualized legal advice. Okay. But review counsel can. So review counsel are attorneys that the parties hire and that they use them as their advocates, and you can use the review counsel at the very beginning of the process and you consult with them throughout the process to get their opinion. You go back and say, we had a mediation session. Here's what was discussed. What do you think? And you can get information from them all along. Is this more economical I, than I'm plopping down a big retainer? Thing. Yes, absolutely. Because you use them when and if you need them. Okay. Some people wait until there's a draft of the agreement and takes that they take the draft to the, their review counsel and get their input at that stage. But okay. you can use your review counsel. Oh, and I, I strongly encourage everyone to get review counsel. So let's talk about when you've helped them mediate a successful agreement mm -hmm. and you're going to court now. If they don't have review counsel, what's happening in court? Are they self-represented? Do you go with them? How does so that work? They are self-represented, although I will go with them if they want me to, to be sort of a friend of the court and be there to help them navigate, you know, getting ready and, you know, but I also, in my mediations, I sort of do a mock hearing for them right before they go into court. So they That's know what to idea. expect. They that know what to expect. Idea. They know where to stand. They know what kind of questions the judge is going to ask. Most people have never been in court before unless you were True. arrested recently or something. True. Yeah, so it's intimidating. That's a great thought. It is that intimidating. Is. But okay. I'd like to go back to the financial uh, disclosure yeah. piece because I think that's really important. So as part of the mediation, I give everyone, both parties, a financial worksheet to fill out. Okay. And that requires them to disclose their income, 
their assets, their liabilities, and their expenses. And I also require them to give me documentation of all of those things. So, so there is a check and balance, absolutely. there's a verification process in this. Yes, it's I called like discovery. That. It's the same process that you do if you're litigating. And then that information is exchanged between both parties. So everybody is fully informed about what the financial landscape looks like. What, what if it doesn't work? If mediation breaks down, can you, what do you do with all this information? Can you share this? Absolutely. I mean, both parties have to agree, and I don't see why they wouldn't, um, for me to be able to transfer the file to their respective litigation counsel. So it's not as though they're starting at, you know, zero, ground zero. They have some information the that they can take, take with. Yes, absolutely. What else do we need to know about mediation, Deb? Is there anything else that stands out to you? Um, I think that mediation is great for a couple of reasons. One, it's the it's client focused. It's the clients who are creating the agreement. Albeit they they have assistance from the mediator, if they have review counsel, their review counsel has input. Studies have shown that agreements where the clients have input they tend to abide by the terms post-divorce oh, because they don't feel as though this was an agreement that was shoved Put down their that. throat. Yes. This was an agreement of their own doing. And so they tend to abide by it. So you have less post-judgment issues. Oh. The other thing that I think mediation is great for is kids. It's a very child-focused process. So the kids are not just sort of you know, ancillary to the process. I mean, they're not physically brought into the room, but the child-focused issues are always kept the focus of, of the mediation. So I think it's great for kids, and it tends to be less expensive. Not always, but mostly it's less expensive. Okay. And I think the last great thing about mediation is that we can bring in other professionals into the process. So if a couple is having an issue about a child-related problem. Instead of sitting in a mediation room with me talking about, you know, I, I can send them to a co-parenting specialist mm -hmm. or the co-parenting specialist can actually come into the mediation session and can work with them on the parenting plan. If there's a financial issue that may be a very complicated compensation package, for instance, we can bring in a neutral financial professional to come in and sit with both parties right. and explain the financials. So it's just a more holistic um, process. It's very child focused and it's client focused. You make it sound like there's really no downside to trying mediation. I don't think there really is. I, I, I mean, you know, you can try, and a good mediator will also be able to assess whether you are good for mediation. Okay, so, okay. you know, there are some people that come in and you know there's certain telltale signs that it's not going to work. And a good okay. mediator is going to be honest with you about that and say, you know what, this just isn't the right process for you. I think it's a great option. So I'm yeah. so grateful that you were here with us. Thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you. For more information on this topic and others, please visit singleprocess.me.